Hey guys, thanks for listening to another great episode. Oh man, this past weekend is really big. And yeah, I should have done this last week, but I was incredibly busy trying to fit all these together. But this one literally takes the cake of being one of the uh, films that I really want to talk about. And of course, it's already been talked about so many times last week. So, you know, why not? Continue the trends. So, I had the chance to watch Into or In the Multiverse of Madness, that new Doctor Strange film. And I gotta tell you, this film is totally like, ah! Because here's the thing when you watch Doctor Strange, it does give you that vibe, that feel that you're like, well, welcome into the, you know, the atmosphere of the, uh, mystics the magics and spells and all that but ever since you know we had wandavision i mean oh dear lord you know so okay let me go ahead and run down a play-by-play of this one because when we start off the movie i mean like wow you know we already get ourselves into a uh, battle or at least the action uh with the version of uh america chavez uh starring uh jose uh, gomez uh, Gonzalez, I think it's Gonzalez. Uh, still, Soshi, and our version of Doctor Strange, which is Defender Strange, according to some toy leaks, and they're being chased by this huge, like, you know, mummified rapping creature, right? So of course, you know, just just like any parody, uh, Doctor Strange noticed that the only the only way to you know, save the multiverse is by, you know, unaliving, uh, American Chavez, which is, uh, which is, like, a huge no-no in a way, so, of course, our, uh, our wonderful, uh, person who decides to try to do it, uh, ends up getting unalive himself, but at the same time, having, uh, Chavez's powers manifested on their own to help them escape, and, I kind of like how they did this uh, turnaround uh, transition that we've seen uh, our Defender Strange, even though he's defeated and he's being pulled into the next uh, next realm, so to speak. We get our own version, our Marvel Universe uh, version of Doctor Strange right there in bed, waking up from a nightmare. So it's like, oh, it was just a dream. It was nothing. Uh, yeah, uh, until like later or a couple minutes after the film but even so uh we are brought to ourselves that Stephen strange is preparing to go to a wedding of all things uh we don't know who it was or whose wedding it was but we are brought to knowing that there was a wedding that uh steven was invited to so of course he has he has to attend uh such a wedding which is a, a familiar face or two of course, we have Dr. West, and he's realizing that uh, during his bleep moment, uh, he was uh, he lost his cats and his brother, but more importantly, his cats. And he's wondering, like, was it all worth it? And of course, you know, when when we see the scene, we're seeing that uh, Christine Palmer, the, uh, Rachel McAdams' character that we've seen from last movie come and enjoy being uh, married to another person who's not Stephen Strange so it's so it's awkward so so okay but even so um, the interaction between these two were like chemistry and you know wonderful to know that they're still friends even though there is still this like upsetting news for Stephen that he is no longer uh, available 
but even so uh her message was like are you happy as much as i'm happy and steven's like yeah sure you know thinking like that and sure enough uh it's all interrupted because of the wedding uh we are brought to a squid fight uh which is uh gargantua which some of you guys will call him that I, I feel like, in, in the strangest way, I feel like this is Shimagoro Agarat, and this is the uh, squid eyeball creature that we all know in Marvel. Of course, then again, you know, there is so many, like, literal multiversal uh, creatures like this, so it, it, could be, it could be a different one. It could be a different squid monster. So, of course, uh, he's battling the squid monster, and lo and behold, who's in the middle of the uh, fight is American Chavez, which Doctor Strange is assuming that, have I met you before? And then, of course, you know, all this twist, turns, and weird things happening, we are then meet up with our Sorcerer Supreme, Wong. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because, come on, guys, uh, Doctor Strange was bleeped for five years during the during the phrase of uh, the Infinity War to Endgame. So someone had to watch over the Sanctorum for a time being. And none other than that, uh, Wong was the only one left out of the whole Sanctorum group. So he was able to rebuild the uh, Sanctorum team uh, on Earth and able to spread around being the Sorcerer Supreme of that time. So, of course, um, when all said and done, when they're done battling uh, Gargantura, uh, they pull off, pull America Chavez off to the side to wonder, like, what's going on? Why you're here? Who are you? And sure enough, she answers all the questions. And she's feeling like there's got to be some proof to show that the Stephen Strange is not, you know, not, you know, faking or not speaking lies so of course we're brought to the deceased body of defender strange right there in the same area as steven strange and it and it's so weird that it's like i dreamt this i assumed that it was just a dream and it turns out that dreams uh in that film is a manifestation of uh multiversal uh screening if you will which is always it's always a, like a great theory of how you know how one person can actually dream uh themselves into like another life or another phase in their life and then just realize that you know something's amiss something's weird like there's no no explaining it this kind of explains it a little so of course uh they noticed that when they were messing with this uh squid creature they noticed that there were some sort of runes or markings on them and Wong is pointing out that it's not sorcery but it's a witchcraft so we are brought to our one and only uh witch in the whole film and we all know who that is we even the theme uh when steven's like realizing like who we can talk to and of course uh we are meeting with uh wanda wanda maximoff or um yeah, let's just go with Wanda. And, you know, we're seeing her a scene with her being with Billy and Tommy, her kids from WandaVision. And she doesn't want to let go of that feeling until we brought that she's waking up from a dream, which gives us the sense that she has the idea that she's not the only one who's 
feeling like she's in another universe and all that. So when these two meet, they are literally like, okay, so we're we're going to discuss how this person came to be. We need, you know, some significant uh, help. And we need an Avenger to help. And sure enough, you know, if there's any uh, fanboys out there, yes, this is one of those uh, one of those things where where you know you're you're seeing uh, all the old classic uh, Marvels uh, Avengers team ups and all that. And literally, she was in a lunchbox of all things. So of course, you know, when she mentioned America. Uh, be brought to her area. Steven's like giving him slightly a pause and wondering like, wait a minute. And then Wanda's realized you never mentioned a name. And he's like, yeah, I never mentioned a name. So, of course, when Wanda says she was done with the magic, done with, you know, messing around, it was a complete lie. Even, Even so, it was like a tremendous arc of her trying to redeem herself after the events of West uh, Westview. And sure enough, she is turned into literally the Scarlet Witch, which Wong feared uh, that it would be a possibility that there would be a Scarlet Witch in the world, which rivals of, uh, or superior over to the Sorcerer Supreme. So, of course, um, when we're getting to this battle, uh, of course, you know, there was a lot of, like, mysticism barriers and all that and you know what Wanda does whenever she's threatened she mind manipulates the person and then all of a sudden we find ourselves with a lot of twists turns battles scenes and all that now here comes with the standpoint where I'm going at with this one because this is so a Raimi's film on this one Sam Raimi, and if you don't know who the director is, I advise to Google him, but here's the best ones that I know that I've loved out of his own collections that I've seen, uh, even so, uh, grew up watching this stuff. So I watched The Evil Dead, uh, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, uh, Army of Darkness, and then, you know, there's the Ash vs. The Evil Dead series, and of course, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Uh, that's another Raimi's. The Spider-Man trilogy, 1, 2, and 3, that was back in like 2001, 2002, 2003, or 2004, something like around that range. But even so, uh, these are the films I would recommend to watch sometimes. And even so, uh, these were best Raimi films that I know. There was a few others, but uh, I'm just naming the quick ones on this one. And what draw me to this being a Raimi thing, because we are seeing a lot of camera angles, a lot of movement, and you definitely know that you're in a Raimi's when you don't really see what they're seeing. So, it's like, wow! So, of course, uh, yeah, we're in the Sectorum battle, and she gets herself stuck in the mirror realm mirror dimension where strange trying to protect her or stop her from trying to do anything else and of course just like a few scenes uh that Remy did and this deals with eyeballs believe it or not this is like so like anatomically pointed out that wanda's like peeking through a reflection on the floor and then she crawls out of the uh gong uh reflection to you know escape from the dimension which is like creepy 
but even so, um, that was so much of a Raimi because this is literally the film that depicts a horror theme uh, out of the multiverse of madness. So it's like literally the first horror direct movie for Marvel, which according to this date, still successful. So, of course, uh, we know that Savez's powers were able to manifest themselves uh, at a moment's notice, and they're, like, portaling through uh, a lot a lot of uh, barriers uh, to get out of the situation. Which, of course, yes, you pause and see them. There was a few of them I can recommend to say. But, yeah, we got the Living Tribunal, which is three separate heads uh, when you pass by. But, it, in, in essence, it's actually an, an, an entity, uh, an individual who has actually three sides of on his head, which represents, you know, the three judgments. So, it's, like, huge. Then we got ourselves in, like, a water world, uh, a New York uh, section uh, in the middle of downtown. Then you got yourself in a paint world and then a cube world, kind of, kind of ish, with the whole splitting and all that. And then, I kid you not, almost in one of these scenes, you actually see some black and white uh, film reel style, which represents Spider-Man Noir in it. And uh, we also have like this uh, futuristic uh, city with uh, Stark drones in it. Of course, you, you guys don't have to believe me. You can guys go ahead and take a look at it. Uh, of course, we're stopped at this one world, which we don't know uh, what it's about until Savez is like, keep up with the pace, uh, find food, which we guess our Bruce Campbell uh, per- uh, cameo in this one, which is, you know, per- superb as a Raimi thing. And then we got ourselves to a sanctorum where uh, there was a Stephen Strange, but Stephen Strange is no longer a part of the world. It is now Baron, um, yeah, Baron uh, Mordo, uh, which is the Sorcerer Supreme. And at first glance, we assumed that we were going to have ourselves the uh, battle of a lifetime that these two sorcerers of equal mass uh, go to battle because of something's going on. Instead, this is the kind of bare mortal which prays and honor that there was another Stephen Strange stone left on the world because this version of bare mortal did not despise uh, Stephen Strange. As a matter of fact, this bare mortal prefers Stephen Strange as his longtime brother and comrade in arms which kind of gives us the idea of what's going on and even so this bear mortar knew that something crazy was going to happen so to prevent anything happen he literally uh drugged um both america and dr strange by their tea that they're drinking back into our universe which is the universe that we know of with uh wanda and wong of course she's Astro projecting herself, which is uh, a dangerous thing called a dreamwalk, which is literally assuming the awakened form of the person in another world by controlling them, more like puppeting, in a way. So it's like it's it's already crazy as it is to know that there was a uh, puppeting uh, deal going on with Wanda doing her dark hold moment, and of course uh, she lost her uh, Wong lost his comrades in arms by her destroying this book 
which also consumes her. So it's it is sad, realistic, but at the same time, it's like one is wants to get this this feeling done and all that by you know trying to get her kids into the that world. And he tortured, uh, she tortured uh, Wong's students in order for her to do that. And it turns out that there was just the book was just a copy of the original text and the text was over at Wondagore uh, Mountain or at least uh, Wondagore which is a huge comic uh, callback because uh, for those who have uh, read uh, the comics or know the comics that they've literally got it based on Wanda's origin story with her being from Wondagore Castle and it was her and her twin brother Pietro uh, are were the only two mutants on that thing, but it turns out they may be genetic altered. So it's also a, another like drawback uh, on on how the storyline is. So of course uh, they're making their preference to go over there, uh, and then we're back to our strange and shows uh, strange and Chavez's uh, moment where they're stuck in cubes. But uh, they're greeted of that world's uh, Christine Palmer, who's a scientist, a leading scientist of multiversal uh, spatial space, which she's understanding that this is not their Stephen Strange. And they were trying to make sure that they're quarantined because who knows what they brought along with them, like some sort of disease that they can't cure or some sort of uh, weird atmospheric thing that may affect them. Which, in truth, that they're fine, they're okay. But, sure enough, that when Steven's like saying, like, we need to summon the Avengers or Shield, or. And it turns out that there was no such thing as a group in that world because their world is 838, and Steven's world was actually labeled as 616. Now, you Marvel fans out there, you know that 616 is the primary universe that we're reading our comics at. So, just a heads up on that one. So, of course, uh, when Baron brings in himself and these uh, Ultron-like droids, uh, he stomps the idea that, you know, the world doesn't have Avengers. The world doesn't have S.H.I.E.L.D. or HYDRA. The world has what this group's called the Illuminati. And Illuminati is, well, as soon as everyone can guess, the Illuminati is like a secretive group who patrols and, you know, aims to put everyone in, in their place. Uh, in this world, it's the world's defenders uh, that protects the whole universe in their side. And of course, uh, from the looks of things, you know, we see ourselves going to see how they're going to interact with one another. But we're back again with Wanda and Wong uh, going to Wondagore uh, Castle or Mountain or pretty much Wondagore. And they're stumbling this like revelation discovery that even though this was the original source of the Dark Home, it turns out that Wanda was supposed to be the person to bring the chaos in the world, to bring it all into like, to her ruling and all that. But in essence, she actually wants to use this ability just to bring her children into the world, which is 
very odd uh, for a uh, world destroyer in a way. Now, uh, you may want to forgive me for this next section because this one was whoa and fan service galore because we are meeting the Illuminati for the first time. Which, of course, we know that Baron Mordo, uh, which he describes himself as Baron Karamordo, uh, Sorcerer Supreme of that universe, and Steven was surprised Carl. But we weren't surprised enough to see a shield bounce off uh, near Steven to come back to then a Captain Carter, uh, which is if what if uh, Sharon Carter uh, actually took the serum instead of Steven, which in our in our in our what if world we do see that happening, and then right next to her in even so this was a given right there, we were shown a gentleman named by uh, Blackus Bolt, which for those who don't know him or don't know of the Inhuman series, uh, even though it had one season of it, but it still had a lot of following because of the Marvel thing. We are brought to it because uh, Black Bolt being the screen accurate uh, comic from the looks of it, that we are literally seeing uh, you know, Black Bolt in his glory with the tuning fork in the forehead, the black outfit, the uh, outline design, which definitely shows more of a service. Now we're bringing to uh, Captain Marvel, which is uh, Rambo's mother, Monica Rambo's mother, as if she di- she took the flight over Car- oh, before Carol did. And from there, we are also introduced with none other than one of the Fantastic Four members, Mr. Fantastic, which plays by John Krasinski. Now, for those who don't know him, uh, think of The Office Jim, uh, The Quiet Piece. He wrote, direct, and starred as the dad in both films. <laughs> and, of course, you know, um, being a Mr. Fantastic and being part of the four... Uh, we're talking about The Thing, Human Torch, Invisible Woman. And that's like the first Explorer family, if you will, that explore like the cosmos or some things. Now, when they're all in discussion and wondering what's going what's gonna to happen and why Steven is like the way they are, they brought their attention that the dangerous person is in the room is literally in handcuffs. And the only person who explained it is, and this is a huge one for us because those who grew up in the 90s knows that when you see the scene, you already feel the triumphant, like, and I kid you not, Disney Plus is actually going to do better when it comes out on this one, which is the X-Men 97 or 93 or something with the 90s on it. We're brought with uh, Sir Patrick Stewart coming in in the iconic green suit, yellow wheelchair hovering um, device and the theme of the 90s playing right behind him as his entrance come in and yes, yes, I'm going to agree with uh, some of you Marvel skeptics that this is our first first introduction of uh, a mutant in the series, which means that there will be mutants uh, in the film 
or f- future films that we will see uh, because of thing thankfully of the idea of how the multiverse has broken so not before long uh, Wanda is reconnecting uh, with the other Wanda by dreamwalking which is a dangerous thing and she is stopped by her children because she's having a moment with them and sure enough after that uh, wonderful touching scene we are brought to the reason why Stephen Strange was the dangerous person is because that version of their Illuminati Strange got a hold of the Darkhold and unalive Thanos by, by doing so he also became the biggest thread became the biggest evil which shows our Black Bolt uh, the reason why he can't speak normally is that if he whispered a word word one syllable he would literally blow up a a section or a body or whatever and this is well proven in not only the season of the humans but talked about in comics all throughout life so yeah i mean it this was literally accurate on, on there so of course uh we're brought to wanda invading illuminati's uh stronghold and sure enough that they're going to battle with uh, Wanda. Now, I don't want to state these things, but even so, uh, how Wanda did this to all of the Illuminati, it was, it was insane. It was incredibly bad. But even so, uh, this gives us a determination of how powerful Wanda was and how she wasn't holding back just to get something done, you know? So, of course, she literally is the villain of the film. And she's, like, unliving Mr. Fantastic, Black Bolt, uh, Captain Carter, uh, Captain Marvel. And then, you know, mine snapped uh, Charles Xavier. That was, that to me was, like, all the dream uh, we've seen has come blah. But uh, leaving our one member who is uh, Moto Supreme, which is the Sorcerer Supreme in that world. And there is a theory. There is a theory that they could come back. But even so, it would be risky. I mean, using the Time Stone and possibly using it, that's kind of risky. But even so, that's like another storyline that maybe Feige would probably put in to explain how they will be coming back. But who knows? Who knows? So, of course, we get ourselves in a chase, and sure enough that if Steven of that universe found the Dark Home, he could also found a way to put the Book of Ajanti, which the, the entire film was looking for the entire time. So, of course, uh, we are brought to, yes, uh, Savas was captured, brought to Wanda, the Dark Home thing, and then we have ourselves with the Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange, which is a dark hold version who has been completely corrupted and having his own universe corrupted as well. And then, of sure enough, that it dwells onto even more of how Steven triumphantly not only used the dark hold just for a bit, just to dreamwalk his dead corpse, but at the same time, Savez is making Wanda realizing that, hey, what you're doing is wrong by, you know, teleporting her in front of her kids into that other version, Wanda, which is a similar power to her. 
It wasn't until that the kids noticing that she is a monster and how she became a monster in order for her to become this person. That's where the realization that this is what's going to happen happened. And Wanda realizing that she cannot bring her children while being a monster uh, for this. So she had no choice but to collapse the original source of the dark home and pretty much bring a whole balance to the whole thing. Bring it to our ending where Chavez is training uh, with the students of the Xanctorum and having, you know, Steven bowing for the, la- for the first time in the film because it was always mentioned in there that he is ceremoniously graciously see that uh, Wong is the better Sorcerer Supreme. And of course, you know, we have our little moment where Steven is having a great day, and all of a sudden a mind-splitting headache turns into an eyeball on the forehead. Now, for the other scenes of this one, it's definitely like, yes, there was Clea, which is a, a future love interest of Stephen Strange, which were introduced, because there was an occasion that they mentioned long ago in the film during the Illuminati talk that there is a bunch of incursions happening and Steven somehow has been the source. So of course he has no choice but to join her in her crusade of fixing all these problems. Leaving us with the funny end scene credit of Bruce Campbell. Finally after three weeks of the spell wearing off he has stopped uh, hitting himself. Now do I recommend watching this film uh, at theaters? Yeah! Uh, But at the same time, go home, rent it, buy it, get a copy of it, and enjoy it. Because this is basically the wonderful Marvel films that I would recommend to even watch at home as well as theaters. And as always, thank you so much for listening to this uh, wonderful podcast review rant, so to speak. And I do appreciate you listening. Uh, more episodes are still coming. They're still on the way. But I just want to get this one out of the way as soon as possible since it's still fresh. And as always, my three things I always mention is be good out there. You be safe. And always, until then, see ya. Hey guys, um, I know that you guys are listening to my cast, so I'm actually more than just on uh, Apple, surprisingly, I think. I'm also on Spotify, as well as Anchor.fm itself. Also, I am on Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Public Radio. Just come over and onto uh, the Anchor website for me on... Uh, www.anchor.fm slash edcast20 that is www.anchor.fm forward slash edcast20 yeah just uh, shoot me an email or uh, keep listening to uh, more of my episodes uh, as I try my best to keep popping them up Until then, thanks for listening.